I asked that some objects be put here in front of me on this table. And one of the objects that I asked are these last remnants of our hat, mitten, glove, and scarf tree. These will be distributed to um, shelters and distribution centers that give people who might be cold a chance for a little bit of warmth. People who might find their own lives undignified a chance for a little bit of human dignity. And we are so grateful that our children run this tree, that our youth and our children and their parents are the ones who put the tree up and invite us all with our peace and justice ministry to be generous and thoughtful and compassionate and to allow us that with each piece that's put on the tree that we imagine in the ways that we can, being the species we are, that this is connected to a for real human being who is just like us, not to some lower object, but to some brother, sister of any gender. We have been collecting, many of us, little reminders of the connection we feel to people all around the world in our struggle for human dignity. We call the people we, in our imagination, invite to our tables our guests at our tables. And some of us have banks like this that are filled with coins that we may have placed in them when we said a word of thanksgiving before dinner, when we met as families, for those of us who've had the joy of meeting as families. And we put this here just to remind ourselves that now it's time to bring those contributions in. And again, not to bring them in out of a sense of guilt or shame or white man's burden or anything but just out of the fact that we're a grateful people, that we found a way to be on this earth connected to each other and proclaiming with each other that we belong to each other. And so these will be in the back of the sanctuary for the next couple of weeks. Is that right, Pete? Um, and the again, the Religious Education Department um, collects these and sends them on to the Unitarian Universal Service Committee in uh, Massachusetts to be distributed for our work with partners in the United States and in countries around the world. I was touched that the um, Peace and Justice Ministry decided to say that the Refugee Youth Project should be our project um, in this season. You may know that we had a one-day project 
um, of solidarity. A whole bunch of us cooked, baked a hundred some pounds, a thousand pounds. I don't know what it was. We, we, we baked a lot of cookies, and um, and uh, it must be a hundred pounds. Um, and, and people contributed a thousand dollars for those hundred pounds of cookies, and uh, that happened uh, because of Lynn's leadership and with the participation of our peace and justice ministry. And again, what does religion call us to do? Unitarian Universalism, yes, but all these interfaith understandings of who we are, all of the best of humanism, what does it call us to do but to welcome the stranger, to accept into our home the foreigner not as a foreigner, but as family, as friend, to care for the dispossessed. You know, were I to be in my Catholic self, I'd be thinking about the Catholic social teaching that talks about the preferential option for the poor. And there's a notion that the divine is not impartial. That's a hard thing. I know I have a deist in the crowd. (laughs) But that teaching says it personalizes the deity. And any parent who's raised more than one child knows that you don't raise each child exactly the same. You wish you could. But the fact of the matter is you raise one and you learn something. (laughs) And then you raise the next one and then you learn some more. And some, if a child needs bread, you don't give them a stone, right? And so the notion of God not being impartial, being actually personal and partial, and having a sense of equity. It's not exact equality, but what each person needs, what each moment needs, what each relationship needs. Humanism, asking us to be fully human, asks us to be on the side of the person who needs us to be on their side. I was so happy last night when in the crowd a woman walked up to me and said, your button says black lives matter. And she said, and I say all lives matter. And I bit my tongue to listen. And she said, and I know that black folk live a different life. And the way I can say all lives matter is by affirming and living that black lives matter. So she had it. And it was from my point of view. And we just had this little moment of being humans with one another. I'm going to be quiet. Oh dear, did I leave a script somewhere? I did. Right there. Script as in play by Wole Soyinka. I don't know if you know that Toni Morrison 
was a lecturer at Princeton University for many years, and she left many of her papers to Princeton. And Princeton established then the Toni Morrison Lecture Series. And last year, uh, Wole Soyinka, the Nigerian uh, poet, philosopher, playwright, gave a series of lectures called Commencement Rites at the Tree of Creativity. And he really asked these questions about um, how comforting trees are with all that they give us, how sure they are with the roots that dig deep into the earth, and how scary they are, big, powerful things that may contend with the forces of nature, the forces of human beings, um, and may come tumbling down. Anyway, commencement rites at the Tree of Creativity. I, I think the lectures are still available online. You can actually see them. But Wally Sayinka wrote a magnificent play called Death and the King's Horseman, where there's a huge dilemma which has to do with the right things to do when someone dies. And I won't go into the details of that. But there's a worldview expressed that says we must be conscious of the people around us, of our own generation, of the ancestors who came before us, and of the unborn, and to begin to imagine that all are present in this moment. Our ancestors are here. The unborn are here, speaking to us. We are here. And I just wanted to share a few words that the praise singer shouts in the marketplace in Death and the King's Horseman. He who must, must voyage forth. The world will not roll backwards. It is he who must, with one great gesture, overtake the world. The gourd you bear is not for shirking. The gourd is not for setting down at the first crossroad or wayside grove. Only one river may know its contents. The world I know is good. The world, I know, is the bounty of hives after bees have swarmed. No goodness teems with such open hands, even in the dreams of deities. I was born to keep it so. A hive is never known to wander. An anthill does not desert its roots. We cannot see the great still womb of the world. No man beholds his own mother's womb, yet who denies it's there? Coiled to the navel of the world is that endless cord that links us all to the great origin. If I lose my way, the trailing cord will bring me to the roots. And the women respond, the world is in your hands. And the praise singer responds, I embrace it. This year in our congregation, we're thinking about, may I ask your help?
uh, uh, Pete and, and, and Diana. And the seven principles of black lives. And the principle that we're thinking about today, and you're going to get a chance for a few minutes to think about, is 360-degree vision that says that we honor the past struggles and wisdom from our elders. The work we do today builds the foundations of movements of tomorrow, and we consider our mark on future generations. Diana and Pete are going to bring among you these little booklets, and you're going to have a few minutes to think with yourself about those things, honoring the past, the work I do today, and considering my mark on future generations. And this is for you to take home. If you need, if you need a pencil, by the way, raise your hand and an usher will be happy to give you one. If you like writing with a little golf pencil. But inside, there's a darker shade, single leaf. And this is a place for you to write down anything from the past that you really want to leave behind so that you can actually be more fully engaged in a 360-degree vision, a vision in which the past and the present and the future, in which the ancestors and our kindred and our unborn are all together. That's here. And something that might be an impediment, something you really want to leave behind, I'm going to ask you to put on this darker-hued piece of paper. And then we will gather them here. And we're not going to set fire to anything inside the sanctuary. And we can talk about that later. But Diana is going to lead us in a little ritual out on the portico for anybody who wishes uh, to, to participate in the actual burning. So if I may, I'm going to leave this time with you. Jim is going to play a reverie, and then we'll collect those things that we might want to collect in just a couple of minutes. Thank you.